0: Okay, beloved. We love the Lord. We love his presence. Hallelujah. Okay, we've been on this road. We've been on this road, the Elijah Road. Can we call it that? We've been studying the Elijah Spirit. Elijah, Elisha, and today we're going to go to Jericho. I'm not going to go back over everything we've already done. All the CDs are free, and it's on Facebook, so you can watch it there if you haven't seen it or you weren't here. But today we're going to go to Jericho with Elijah and Elisha. And as we've been walking this path, we've been studying Just important parts, important stages. I don't know if you really want to call them stages, but important avenues in the Christian's life. Um, Important just responses to God to receive the abundant rain, the mighty rain, the outpouring rain on the way to the double portion. See, because God has an abundant rain and a double portion for us. So we're going to go to 2 Kings 2, and starting in verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets of Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. See, we have to remain in God's holy place presence. We have to remain in God's holy presence. Remember we were talking about Bethel, the house of God, the presence of God. Do not speak of it. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to keep conversation with Jesus. I'm not going to get my heart set on any Negative thoughts or pessimisms or things that go against the word of God. I will keep my eyes focused on him. But do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. You're going to have lots of opportunity to get off the path, guys. A lot of opportunity. And you just got to set your heart to keep on going. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. That's where we're going today. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elisha said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, "As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you." So the two of them walked on. You are going to have plenty opportunity to get off the road. You're going to have plenty opportunity to look another way. You're just not going to take him. right? You're just not going to take him. So today, we're going to look at Jericho, and you know, as I was studying, this is, this is what the Lord put in my heart, that Jericho means to me. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about. And it means a place to stay in God's presence, to stay in God's presence. We have a choice here. <coughs> we can stay in God's presence or we can get wrapped up in the world. It's completely up to us. Okay? This is a place of God's vision. We're either going to agree with his vision or we're going to not agree with his vision. This is a place of obedience. It is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Okay? So again, we're going to go back to Joshua and study what this means. (coughs) Joshua 5, 13 and 14. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up And saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The Lord always has a message for you. He's always talking to you. The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. The presence of the Lord is holy. It is holy. And Joshua did so. So I want to look at this. when, When the angel of the Lord, when he came, he says, when Joshua asked him, are you for us or are you for our enemies? He says, neither. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. I have come to command and take over. I have come to command and take over. What allows you to do that in your life? The word of God. The presence of God. Because you get his vision, his plans, and you take over. It is time that we need to have this be our spiritual stance. This has got to be our spiritual stance. Now, we give God presence in our lives. He speaks to us. And we have got to know our authority. The presence of God, the vision of God, the message of God, we have got to know the authority that comes. To us, from that, I don't care what two camps. He's basically saying, I don't, I don't care about the two camps. Does this sound familiar in any of you guys? I don't really care about the two camps. I care about God and God's will, what He wants, what He will accomplish, because I know that if I stay in His presence, then in my life, His perfect will will be performed. I will have what he tells me I can have. Hallelujah. But you notice, when he says this, when the commander comes, he says, then Joshua, how does he respond? He fell face down to the ground in reverence. Fear of the Lord. Giving way to the Lord. Acknowledging the Lord. Obeying the Lord. Revering him. He says, what message does my Lord have for his servant? That should be our heart all the time. What's your message, God? What's your message to me? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to respond? And then he said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. It's holy because. But you know another reason it's holy? Because his heart was reverent. Do You get that? Because his heart was reverent. He was responding. So it was a holy moment. It was a holy place to be in communion with God, responding to the will of God. So God's ways, God's ways in his presence are holy. holy. We must fear God. Just like Joshua responded in reverence, we must fear him. We must fear him. We must acknowledge his sovereignty, His sovereignty, His omnipotence, His omniscience, His omnipresence. So that when, we've, when we seek God, when we've sought God, we've prayed, consecrated, and circumcised our hearts like Gilgal, right? Like Gilgal. We've sought the Word, God's revelation. We have fellowship with other believers in the house. We have fellowship with God. We've come to the house of the Lord, Bethel, seeking his presence. Now we recognize his presence. We recognize his presence, and we stand in the fear of the Lord, respect, honor, obedience, and we move with him according to his will. Wow, what a beautiful life. What a beautiful plan. I don't really have to sweat anything. I can just do this. He's got it all. He's got it all, like, taken care of for me. You know, I just stay at the feet of Jesus. (laughs) Not my plans. You see, in, in this place, the schemes of the devil have no effect. In this place, the schemes of the devil cannot reach you. They don't determine your outcome. Because you have a godly outcome in his presence. In the secret place, like I was talking before service started, in the secret place of the Most High God, we come at the feet of Jesus. We listen. This is a holy place, but we have to spend time with him. We have to have a heart that wants to know him. So, this is a holy place, this is a holy moment. This is a point of decision. Jericho is a point of decision. It is a point of destiny, a moment of destiny. So Joshua was here. He listened to the Lord. He revered the the angel of the Lord. And then comes the point of vision. The vision. Joshua got God's vision. And we can, you know what? we always have the choice to either agree with God's vision or disagree with God's vision. Completely up to us. Just because it doesn't turn out well doesn't mean that's the vision God had for us. Sometimes we make choices and they're not according to his vision. We follow his vision, it'll always turn out well. Always. Joshua 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. See, I have delivered. I have delivered. You see, God sees things in our lives the way he sees them as already done. You know? He sees them from the spirit realm as already done. What he's called us to do is already done. He doesn't question it. We don't need to question it. We have to choose what's going to move us in life. We have to choose what's going to move us in life. I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved. I'm only moved by the word of God. See, remember Smith, when we were talking about Smith Wigglesworth before church, he said, I am not moved by what I feel. I am not moved by what I see. I am only moved by what I believe. And you will be moved by what you believe. You (laughs) absolutely will. As your heart thinketh, so become you. Okay? So this is a really good statement if you're believing in the promises and the word of God. It's a true statement no matter what, but it's not a very good statement if you're not believing in the word and promises of God, the truth of God. So I always say, I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by the word of God. That's how I say it. Of course, I got it from him, but... Of course, the scripture tells us not to be moved by what we see either. It says in 2 Corinthians 4.18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on the chaos of the world, not on the way people are talking, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. What is, what is not seen, what is seen is temporary. What is not is eternal. What is unseen is eternal. What is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. So what did Jericho look like? I mean, there they were, facing Jericho, weren't they? They had come to their promise, and they see Jericho. Jericho, I'm sure, by the looks of it, seemed impenetrable. Wouldn't you think? I would think so. It, the, the scripture told us it was tightly shut up. Tightly shut up. Totally locked Does that sound familiar these days? No, I'm serious. We need to apply this. It looked totally locked down. No one coming in, no one going out. Sound familiar? They had secured their city because of the God of the Israelites. Well, now, we do it because of God. We, We don't do these things because of fear, right? Because they melted in fear, the people from Jericho, melted in fear knowing all God had done for his people. If you stay in the presence of God, you seek his will, people will look and see and know that God is God. Right? Absolutely. God had parted the Red Sea, brought them out from under Pharaoh. He he supplied desert. He shamelessly defeated kings on their behalf, on the Israelites' behalf, didn't he? And they melted, the people of Jericho, they melted in fear, knowing what God had done for them authority or not? Yes, you do. Let's go to verse 8. Joshua 2. So what's happening here is Rahab had hidden the two spies that Joshua had sent in. And he had sent them in to look over the land, especially Jericho. Especially Jericho. Verse 8. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up, Rahab, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you, that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted, and everyone's courage failed. Do you see in the New Testament your position in Christ? Do you see that? Are we we making connections here? Okay. Everyone's courage failed because of you. Because of you, beloved in Christ. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. You see? It says that a great fear of you, that's because of who God is in you, who Christ Jesus is in you. If God is for you, who can be against you? Doesn't the scripture say that? Yeah, in Romans 8, thir- 31. And then we come down here and it says, "...their courage failed, for the Lord your God is God in heaven and above on earth below." So when we go on with God, when we stand in his ways and our authority because of him, this is how the enemy feels. This is what the enemy runs into. Right? So because of this fear, what did the enemy do? They shut up the fortified city. That's what the enemy did. It appeared impenetrable. Your enemy appears formidable, but it's not. There's nothing that's going to stand against the presence of God in your life, it can't. (laughs) No power on this earth is more powerful than a believer walking in his or her authority. In the presence of God, if they've gone into the quiet place and sought the Lord and gotten God's answers instead of their own, instead of their own wisdom, the wisdom of the Lord, the understanding of the Lord, the revelation of the Lord, the word, the promise. So at this point in our journey, what do we have to do? We must have the mind of Christ. When you're born again, what do you receive? The mind of Christ. Then it's a matter of walking out in renewal. Right? You have the Holy Spirit in you to guide you to do that, to be your counselor, your helper, to teach you the word of truth, John 14. So, we have to get God's vision. We seek his presence. Why in the world would you seek God's presence if you weren't going to listen to his vision? That's a real question I have. So you seek his presence, you get his Vision And see, he had the vision be- beforehand, didn't he? It said, see, I have delivered, past tense. When, when they're just standing looking at the walls of Jericho, God is saying, the, Lord, the angel of the Lord says, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and fighting men. That's probably, certainly not what Joshua had been thinking. Maybe he was, maybe he, you know. But in a lot of instances, don't you think when we come into an obstacle, we call a goal instead of an obstacle? Don't we sometimes think that? Yikes, this doesn't look so good, God. Why do you have me here? (laughs) I'm not moved by what I see in the natural. I'm not going to be moved by what I see in the natural. I'm going to believe the promises of God. So we have to choo- choose to believe to stay on the road of God's vision. To rest at the feet of Jesus. To agree with his presence. To seek his presence and agree. And then what? Obedience is required. you got to do the plan. <laughs> it's really simple. you got to do the plan. Right? That's this. There is no other. You can try to get away with other things for a while, but it'll always come back and get you. So you might as well just do this plan from the beginning. Your life will be a whole lot nicer, and the lives of people around you will be a whole lot nicer. Okay? Takes a little bit of work, but the end result is so much more glorious than what we could ever plan in our own thinking. So just do the plan. So anyway, we get God's plan, we get in the secret place, we seek his presence, we seek his will, we seek his way, and then we follow him. We follow Jesus. So, Joshua gives these directions. March around the city once, with all the armed men, do this for six days, have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and people will go up, every man straight in. You see how he he makes it, every man straight in. This is going to be easy, guys. The path is going to be like totally clear at that point. Just go on, just go straight in. See, that's how God does things for us. That really is how it is when we listen to Him, when we obey Him. We get what He says we can have, and we just go straight in. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. (laughs) What's that from? That's from something. I don't know. (laughs) So, this was the plan strange as it may seem. See, sometimes it makes no sense. Right? Not logical, because it's faith. So I'm sure a lot of these people were saying, yeah, right, okay, sure, Joshua, I think you've been struck by the sun or something. This is crazy. You're delusional, what good is this going to do? We're just going to like walk around this fortified city for like seven days and we're going to leave all the, all the logical things that we would normally use, like look at all our, what the, I don't know what they used in those days, spears and swords and whatever they had. And oh, we're just going to leave it laying there on the ground? We're just going to leave it laying there on the ground and we're just going to go over here unarmed well, what do you think they have? Do they have like catapults with fire ba- fireballs on the end of them or swords or spears or what? You don't? This makes no sense. Well, see, Joshua wasn't going to be moved. He was going to do what God told him to do. Regardless of the fact that it looked crazy. I'm sure you have some examples of that in your own life, don't you? Tithing is a good example. Time in prayer is a good example. How many really want to commit to a life of prayer? You know, I let myself get distracted. Do you let yourself get distracted? I don't really have time to pray, pray today, God, because you told me to do all these other things. I've got all this other stuff on my plate. Well, dear one, dear friend, dear beloved, beloved child of God, you don't have time not to pray. You don't have time not to get into the secret place. That's really all there is to it. Because that's where you're going to get the vision of God. Because your heart's going to become sensitive. You sit down and, you know, so, here. Well, you do it however you want to do it. You do it how the Lord instructs you to do it. But go into your place where there's no distraction. You know, maybe, you know, this is always a good way especially if you're feeling distracted or discouraged that day. Psalms is beautiful. Go and just start reading the word to the Lord and thanking him for the things that it's telling you. You know? So you go and you just start reading the word to him. And you know what that's going to do? That is going to edify your spirit so much. And you will all of a sudden come into just where you just feel like you are in the presence of God. And because you've made your heart sensitive to God because of his word, because he de- never denies his word, and the angels fulfill the word, right? But because you are making your spirit sensitive to his way and his word, you're just reading the word to him, and you're just saying thank you. You will enter into a presence with him. And you'll feel like he's right there because your spirit opens up to him. It starts getting rid of all the crud and the mud. And it opens up to him. And then you hear the voice that has always been speaking more clearly because you're in line with his heart. You're in line with his spirit and you can hear more clearly. So anyway... So we want to renew our minds, and that renews, that helps our spirits flow with him in the word. His ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's just the way it is. I'm really thankful I have someone whose thoughts are higher than my thoughts and whose ways are higher than my ways. I'm really thankful. Very thankful. Because I can depend on him. You know, I want to get on the road. I want to be on the high road with him. I want to see the higher vision. I want to see things God's way. There's too much mud down here anyway. <laughs> right? Seriously. There's too much junk and mud. I, I just I just you know, I don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to. <laughs> because he already has. So anyway, God's wisdom is often foolishness to us, First Corinthians one twenty five. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. Isn't that an amazing thought? He really has no foolishness, but you know what they're saying here. If he did have foolishness, it's just because it might appear as foolishness to us. But it's higher than any way we're ever going to think, any of our wisdom. And the weakness of God, which, again, you understand that, is stronger than human strength. Well, then I want to be on his side. I want to be on his road. I want to be walking his way. I want to be on the strong tower team. I want to be on the wall collapsing team. That's where I want to be. Yeah. See, so we get his goal, we get his plan. Verse 6. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests, okay? So he's this is what Joshua's going to do in response. He called the priests and said to them, "Take up the ark of the Lord, ark of the covenant of the Lord, and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the people. Sounds like a command. He ordered the people. He was laying out the battle strategy. Plain. Plainly, clearly. Oh, I won't say that. Advance. Advance. In other words, move on. Get your head out of the mud. Get your head out of the problem. Move on. Advance. Don't stay here. Advance. Be bold. Let's go. Time to move out. Christians, this is a time to move out. It is a time for you to move out. It's not a time. There are times to be quiet. But we always must move in our authority in the Lord. And it's not always a time to be quiet. Advance. March around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, he made the plan clear. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. The trumpets were sounding. The trumpets were sounding. sounding. But Joshua had commanded the people, the people, do not give a war cry, do not raise, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. You see, God has timing for everything. Remember when we went through all of Ecclesiastes? He has a time for everything. We want to get his plan, his vision. We want to get his timing. Stay in his presence, in the secret place. He will give us the proper timing. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the people returned to camp and spent the night there. Verse 12. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests, took up the Ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the Ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the Ark of the Covenant while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Same. Same manner. Except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. So, let's think about this, beloved. Regardless of what was going on in Joshua's head, and probably the minds of the people at this point in time, I imagine that some thought he was really crazy, especially after six days. Excuse me, nothing's happening. Excuse me, Joshua. Are you sure you heard? Do you have people come to you and say that? Are you sure you've heard? Well, that's not the time to move off the plan. Just because of somebody else's doubt or confusion, has the Lord spoken to you? Have you confirmed it in the Word? So here we are. Nothing's happening. What what does the Scripture tell us? Do not get weary in well doing. Do not get weary. Don't get off the plan. Don't lose the vision. Don't lose the vision. Don't get weary. Believe God when it doesn't look like anything's happening, remember the unseen. The unseen is the eternal realm, the spirit realm. Everything that happens in this life that you see with your eyes has already happened in the spirit realm first. You see that? You believe the spirit of God. You believe the word of God. That's the truth regardless of the reality that you see here. Okay? You stay in the realm. You stay in the presence of God. You claim. You're not moved by what you see or feel, only by the word of God. Only by the word of God. Only by the word of God. Only by? Yes. This is what spiritual warfare does. This is the course of spiritual warfare. When it doesn't look like anything happened is happening, you just stay in God's presence. See, this is not what a human army would do, is it? Right. Not at all. What would a human army do? A, yeah. They draw together, right? They would implement their entire arsenal of weaponry and start blasting away. Have you ever been in a position where you're blasting away without getting any directions? Did it do you any good? No, it just makes a bigger mess of things. We wait. We follow the Spirit of the Lord. If he tells us to blast, we'll blast. If he tells us to be silent, we'll be silent. But his ways are higher than our ways. So, here, in this case, the armies of the Lord were silent. He told them to be silent. He said, don't say a word. Just let those trumpets blow. They weren't sitting there yelling and screaming at the adversary. They didn't need to. (laughs) The Lord already said he was going to give them the city and they were going to walk straight in. Now, there are times when the Lord will have you do that. You know, think about Jesus, like the Gadarene, you know, come out, you know, speakin', speaking to an adversary, the enemy. But there are times to be quiet, and that's what he told them to do here. And he let, they, let, they had to let the Lord fight their battle, right? Because the Lord had told them to be silent. So, they knew his faithfulness. They knew of his faithfulness. Look at their history is focused on him and what he had told them to do, his ways. What do we do? We keep our eyes focused on Jesus. We keep our eyes focused on Jesus no matter what's going on out here. I really don't even understand how anybody's getting discouraged over anything out there. I I mean, I'm being honest. I, I I don't understand why anybody's disappointed in anything. You're always going to have things in life that don't turn out the way you want them to. And that's really just totally not where our focus should be. Right? I truly don't understand the discouragement and the disappointment in our world today. I do understand it because I understand that people don't have the Lord. So I guess I should really clarify myself and say, what I really don't understand is how Christians can be discouraged. We have a soon-and-coming king. We win. He tells us that he's going to be with us through everything. You know, it's not a time to be worried about anything. It's a time to be focusing on the Lord and getting in the secret place, because when you're there, you are going to be protected. He is going to be your strong power. He is going to be your Psalm 91 God. You'll be covered under his feathers. No harm shall come nigh thy tent. Okay? Okay? And if something doesn't go the way you like it, we'll just carry on with the Lord. Does the devil maybe get in sometimes? I, you know, sometimes we miss it. Sometimes things happen. Some things are just attacks. But you know what? God can handle it if we let him. Well, anyway. We don't want to focus on the problem. I'm not going to focus on the problem fear. I'm not going to focus on the possibility of defeat? What good does that do anybody? I'm not going to be thinking about, could I fail? No. No, you can't fail. Do you know you cannot fail? You cannot fail when you are following Jesus. It's not possible. I'm not going to think about the odds of winning or losing. I'm not going to think about that. Because that's a joke. There are no odds with God hello? (laughs) There are no odds with God. He's for you, not against you. He's already decreed and declared victory for you. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I'm just going to believe in who Jesus is. It's really very simple. What did they do? They kept following the plan. They kept. We have to keep our eyes on the realm of heaven. Amen. We have an open door, saints. We got to get the John vision. Right? They trusted God. They trusted God. Here they are outside the walls. They trust God. They allow His glory, the exceedingly abundantly, more than we can ask or a- imagine in the New Testament. More than we can ask or think. The all powerful. The all things are possible spirit. Do you have an all things are possible spirit? Come on, folks. Do you have an all things are possible spirit or not? Okay, well, wake up. Get on board. All right, sorry, I didn't mean to get mad at you. I repent, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's what we have to allow to supersede in our lives. That's what we have to stay connected to. I don't care what it looks like. So, he just kept blasting the trumpets. So, did you ever think about what the trumpets might mean? Well, you know, I can't tell you like totally scripturally what the trumpets mean. There are a lot of things that trumpets mean in scripture. But as I was, you know, going through this, just a suggestion. This is just a suggestion, okay? The sound of victory. Pretty simple suggestion. I got the sound of victory going before me. I got the sound of victory going before me. I am not listening to anything else. I am not listening to all the other music. I'm going to dance to the sound of victory in my life. In advance in advance, in advance, before I necessarily see the manifestation. I am not only going to listen to the sound of victory, I'm going to blow my own trumpet. (laughs) Are you? (laughs) I am going to blow my own trumpet. I am going to heavenly hosts, I'm going to bring the glory down, not me, God, because I'm in agreement with his sound. I am in agreement with his sound. I hear the abundant rain, the mighty abundant rain. I hear it. I hear it. I feel it. I know it's here. I believe the double portion. I am dispatching heavenly hosts responding to the glory call. That's me. I'm going to respond to the glory call. The decree of the final outcome of the goodness of God. The decree of the final outcome of the goodness of God. The scripture tells us to decree a thing before it happens, according to the word, right? It said. so what are we going to do? We're going to decree it in the spirit. We're going to decree it with our mouths. We're going to activate the spirit realm by the unction, by the word of God, by the unction of God. If you can't feel it in your spirit, sense it, well, just get this out. <laughs> and just read it and read it and read it and read it. And believe me, God will give you an unction in your spirit. Amen. And he will cause your spirit. You just read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. Job 22, 28. Thou shalt also decree and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Thank you for the light, Lord. Thank you for the light, Lord. I am going to decree this regardless of what it looks like. I am going to see the vision. I'm not going to see the walls. I'm going to see the walls collapsing. So then, what is Jericho? Our victory. Jericho becomes our victory. Joshua 6, 16 and 20. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout, shout, the sound of victory. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, So every man charged straight in, and they took the city. You have taken your city, whether you see it or not. You have taken your city. When you go to God, you find the vision, you stay in the presence, you go to the feet of Jesus, you you find the secret place. You fellowship with other believers. You pray. You know the word. You speak the word. And ahead of time, God collapses the walls and you go straight in. First John 5, 4. See, this is spiritual warfare. That's what spiritual warfare is all about. 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God, everyone born of God, say, that's me, Pastor Lisa Marie. Say that. (laughs) That's me. I'm born born of God. So I overcome the world by my faith. Where's our faith? It's in Jesus. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Jesus is not going to let you down. Jesus is going to march you through the walls of Jericho. All right, that's what the Lord had me talk about today. (laughs) So we're going to take our tithes. I hope that was a blessing to you guys. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that the, root, that the word is rooted in our spirits. I thank you, Lord, that we understand the sound of victory. I thank you, Lord, that we blow the trumpets of victory. I thank you, Lord, that we are willing to go into the secret place and shut the door. I thank you, Lord, that you are always speaking to us and that we are your sheep and that we hear your voice. I thank you, that we understand that your vision is the truth, that your word is the truth. I thank you, Lord, that you embolden us to know our authority in you. I thank you that you strengthen us to stand in your vision, to carry out your plans, because we will not be defeated. We will stand in victory. The walls have crumbled because of you. And we thank you for it, Lord. I thank you that this is true in every one of our lives. That the sound of victory is the sound we hear. The sight of collapsed walls is all we see. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.